It is Mother's Day. And I know Mother's Day has a lot of emotions tied to it, obviously, but we want to celebrate all the moms with us today. In fact, to kind of change it up a little bit, I have some moms here on stage with me today. And so we have a couple moms from our Jasper campus, from our Canton campus. So thank you guys for being up here with us today. Uh, I got to tell you, the stage has never smelled so good. So you guys smell incredible, much better than myself. So thanks for being here and hanging out with us today. We wanted to celebrate our moms, and honestly, just being straight, uh, I wanted to have a little bit more interaction. You know, it's been hard in this whole kind of season that we're in, and so we wanted to celebrate some moms, have some moms on stage with us today, and also have a great audience and speak to you a little bit. Obviously, I don't know what it's like to be a mom, but I just wanted to encourage you moms out there. In fact, we actually put it out there on social media earlier this week to just give some shout outs to some moms in our church or maybe some moms that you know about. And so I just want to read a couple shout outs because I think it's important for moms to be encouraged, especially on this day, uh, this day. So these are just a couple things that you said, some shout outs from people in our church. Uh, Amy says a huge shout out to Sarah working full-time from home, digital learning for her incredible son, making sure her mama is healthy, and putting in overtime when she needs to. Super proud of you. Hang in there. You're doing amazing. Corey says, my small group is just absolutely killing it when it comes to this motherhood thing. They are so uniquely gifted and doing an amazing job in raising their littles. They are creative and patient and organized. It is so inspiring to see. I'm so grateful for each of them. Cecily says, Tori is an incredible mom who loves her family fiercely and serves them continuously. I'm hoping she will teach me all of her ways of motherhood. Amen to that. Uh, Chris says, Kristen is, the, Kristen is the most amazing mom I've ever seen. From digital learning days, teaching our two daughters to teaching math to her high school students, she's the best and a heck of a great chef. Casey says, shout out to Lindsay. She's a mom standing firm in her faith when others would try and tear her down. Mommying, working, teaching, and believing. You're doing great, lady. I love that. Chelsea says, I want to give a shout out to brand new mommy, Cecily, because my heart is bursting with joy for her first Mother's Day. Man, how incredible is that? First Mother's Day. Uh, Leah says, Tracy and Amanda are absolutely amazing moms. Both have encouraged my faith, supported me in hard times, and shown me by example what it means to serve and follow Christ. I love you both very much. Lastly, Melanie says, I want to shout out to our foster mamas. They are caring for foster kiddos and or biological kiddos as well. Between managing awkward virtual visits with biological parents, learning how to homeschool, bearing the weight of all the uncertainty for themselves and their kiddos, they are rock stars with the biggest hearts. And man, I couldn't agree more. So many amazing moms in our church. And so thank you for all the shout outs. That's just some of them. And I know Mother's Day, there's so many facets to that because there may be some of you today that are uh, been moms for a long time and you've gone through heartaches and there's a lot of emotions with that. Or maybe you want to be a mom and that hasn't happened yet. Or you've lost your mom a lot like myself. I lost my mom several years ago. And so Mother's Day is just always one of those tough days because uh, unashamedly, I'm a mama's boy, and my dad's my hero, but man, I, I grew up spending the majority of my time with my mother, and my mom was just that person in my life, and so Mother's Day is always an emotional day, but it makes me incredibly grateful that I had one of the greatest moms ever, and so I hope that you feel that way about your mom, or maybe you're in a strange relationship with your mom. Either way, we know Mother's Day is a great day. We know there's a lot of emotions tied to Mother's Day. And so we want to celebrate you. Also be aware of all those other parts of it and facets of it as well. But I really want to speak to kind of specifically to moms, obviously being 
Mother's Day. But even if you're not a mom today, I think the message will apply to you. And again, I got my friends here on stage with me today, and I want to speak to them and encourage you guys as moms, because I know encouragement is so important. Again, having a mom, being married to a mom, I know I'm not the best encourager always. I might be a shock to you, uh, but I want to really encourage our moms out there and so we're going to look at a couple different scriptures today. So if you have a Bible, first we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Then from there, I've got a couple different scriptures today. Normally we're just going to hang out in one place. Then we'll go to Romans chapter 8. Uh, and we'll, we will jump back into Romans at some point after we're done with this We Believe series. But today we're going to go back into Romans just for this one section in Romans chapter 8. Then Galatians chapter 4. And then back to Romans chapter 8. All right, so 2 Timothy chapter 1, Galatia, uh, Romans chapter 8, and then Galatians chapter 4. And really what I want to do, again, encouraging moms, is really help all of us understand, not just moms, but parents, and then it's just people, really the importance of what we've been talking about over the last several weeks when it comes to we believe. And I think the greatest thing that we can talk about today on Mother's Day is just the importance of passing down faith to our kids, passing down faith to the next generation. And that's what you're going to see here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. So let's start with verse 3. Paul says, he's writing this to Timothy. He says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. You know, we can understand that sentiment right now during this time. I long to see all of you. Uh, and I can only imagine how Paul felt at the time because he started churches and then traveled around and wouldn't be with those churches for sometimes years at a time. And so we kind of feel like that right now. We're in this place where we don't know how long we're going to be in this season. And, and as we talked about earlier in the service, I hope you've gotten a chance already to see our uh, kind of phased reopening plan that we put out this week. If you're on our email list, we emailed that out this week. If you didn't get that email, then that just simply means we don't have your email address. So you can connect with us still on social media. That information is there. The information is on our website as well. And just kind of goes through the phased approaches that we're going to go through over these next several weeks as we kind of slowly enter back into the possibility of coming together and gathering together in person again. Obviously, we don't know when that is, but we want to start slowly, kind of let groups gather. And again, you'll see it's based on the White House guidelines, just kind of four phases that we're going to slowly walk through. But I can't wait until that day, right? That's going to be an incredible day. And it's, and it's really not selfish to think about how you want to see someone else. You long to see them so that your joy may be full. You know, it's not selfish if you get your joy in someone else. Because you are joyful or, or your joy is full because of the relationship that you have with that person. And that's a lot what church is about. And that's why it's important for us to gather together. Because every week, even though we're getting to do it online right now, there's a certain amount of joy we miss out if we're not gathering together with other people. And that's why we have groups. And that's why we have all the things that we offer as a church. Because it's important for us to be together. So here's Paul writing this to one of his greatest disciples, Timothy, and he says, man, I miss you. I long to see you. I remember you. But then there's another thing that I want to point out that he says in verse five that really kind of sets the stage for us today on Mother's Day. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Now listen to this, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So he says, first, it dwells in your grandmother, then your mother, now in you. 
Now we know from Acts chapter 16, verse one, just for a little bit of context, Paul goes into a city and he learns about this disciple named Timothy, and it says in there that his mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek, which basically means he wasn't from a Jewish heritage and that he didn't believe in Christ. And so Paul is just kind of recognizing that Timothy's faith came from his mother, which came from his grandmother. The reason why I think that's so significant is because what I want to point out to you, and again, this kind of sets the frame for our entire conversation today, is how important it is to pass on faith to the next generation. And you see it in this verse. You see three generations here. You see grandma, you see mother, you see Timothy. And this is what is so important for us to understand, not only as parents, but you know, I'm not a mom, but specifically as mothers and fathers and parents, and not even if you're not a parent, how important this is. I love a quote that Andy Stanley said, and I don't have it on the screen, but you can write it down. He said this, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do. It may be someone you raise. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do. Maybe someone you raise. So I want you to think about this. Here's one of the greatest disciples that we have in the New Testament, Timothy. He's one of Paul's greatest disciples, two letters written to him. He led a great church. And Paul is highlighting the fact that his faith came from his mother, which came from his grandmother. You know, the Bible, biblically speaking, puts the responsibility to lead spiritually in your home on the man. And sometimes that happens, but unfortunately, again, I've been pastoring for over 20 years now. Unfortunately, a lot of times the men, and again, I'm not trying to beat up on men today for Mother's Day, all right? But a lot of times, unfortunately, what happens is the men don't step into that responsibility and women do. The wife does. And here's what I want to say to all you moms out there. Thank you. Thank you for stepping into those moments, even though... It may not be initially your responsibility, but you step into it. In fact, I can relate to this story a little bit because just in my own faith journey, my mom was the one in my family who the faith dwelt in first. In fact, my mom used to tell stories. I don't know if I really believe it, but when I was young, when she had me when I was a baby, she would actually try to go to church, but I cried too much, and so she had to quit going, and we didn't have kids' ministry and those things back then. Ladies, I don't know if you know anything about that, but I don't believe it that I cried too much. But she said that we, she tried to go to church, but I cried too much, and my father wasn't involved at that time, and so then we didn't go. But what was so amazing is the whole entire reason I came to faith was from the faithfulness of my mother. And primarily because I was playing sports and she would take me to all of my games. And then she introduced me to people on my team that then invited us to come to church. And then that's when I found out the faith of my mom and just how she prayed for us and how she constantly was caring for us. And then through her faithfulness, my dad's life changed. And then my entire family from that point in time was involved in church. But if I hadn't been for the faithfulness of my mom, it hadn't been for her faith. And in fact, one of the greatest treasures we have now since she's passed on is her Bible. And just seeing the things that she's written in those and the, the verses that she highlighted and the things that she said. And she had a unique handwriting and I could point it out instantly. And, and so I think back on that now, and that's one of the greatest legacies that my mom has given. In fact, I, could, I think I could honestly say today, I don't know if I would be a follower of Christ if it wasn't 
for my mom. So I want to help you understand, again, not just for moms, because some of you obviously may not be moms, but particularly for moms, I want us to kind of put it on the table in the sense of like the greatest contribution you could ever make might be someone you raised. And so when you think about it like that, and we think about this whole We Believe that campaign that we've been talking about, how we want you to write We Believe statements, we want you to speak them. One of the greatest people or populations that you speak it to is your own generation, is, is the people in your own house. And so as we talked last week about praying as well, again, I think there's so many people today who have been prayed into the kingdom of God because of mamas, because mom's praying because of moms sharing that faith. And you see that here. Now, look at verse six and seven. Paul says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. What I love about this is you really kind of see our entire strategy for family ministry here at our church, which is a curriculum that we use called orange. And the idea of orange is you get yellow and red. You bring those two together. It makes orange. And the whole concept is it's the home and the church working together. And you see that here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, where it dwelt first in Timothy, in his family, and then Paul came alongside laying hands on him and then gifting him and those two entities working together. So you see the home, it's supposed to dwell first in the home and then the church is supposed to come alongside the home and then fan, help fan into flame that faith that hopefully was created in the home first. And so again, just kind of put this in perspective, what I want us to understand today, particularly for all the moms out there, is your high calling, your purpose on this planet is to reproduce faith, is to reproduce faith into those that God has given you responsibility over. So that's kind of the context of what we want to talk about. And I want to show you how important that is. All right. Now I want you to flip over to Romans chapter eight. So that's kind of the context of the message, all right? Now, in Romans chapter 8, and again, we dealt with this when we were in Romans a while back. I don't know how long it's been since we've been in Romans chapter 8. But in Romans chapter 8, there's a particular set of scriptures that I think is so important. Um, it's so important, particularly for this season of time that we're in right now. And I think it has a lot to teach us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, we're going to look at verses 18 through 25 through the end of the message, but 18 through 22 in this section first. And the reason I want us to see this is, again, particularly for moms out there, I want you to understand how important it is for you to be a mom, how important it is for you to pass on faith to the next generation. Look at verse 18 of chapter 8. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So I think that's applicable to our current situation. Our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. Now, what is the glory that will be revealed? Look at verse 19. He says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Now, I'm reading this out of the NIV, and I normally read out of the ESV, but I love how the NIV specifically says in this phrase, children of God, to where if you're using the ESV, it would say sons of God. And the idea of that sons of God is a reference to we have sonship, which is the relationship Christ has with his father has been transferred to us. But I like how it says in NIV, it uses the word children over 
sons, because it gives us a better representation. It doesn't just refer to the male species. All right, it refers to all people. But here's what I want you to understand contextually. Paul is writing, again, to Christians in Rome who are going through a lot of persecution, who are going through a lot of suffering. And he's encouraging them. He says, listen, the present sufferings will not compare to the future glory that's going to be revealed. What is that future glory? The future glory are the children of God who are going to be revealed. In fact, he says, creation is eagerly waiting that. So again, I want you to put this in context with 2 Timothy chapter 1 and understand, moms, particularly your high calling or your purpose as a parent to transfer faith. Paul says it like this, that purpose is so important that the entire creation is eagerly awaiting it. The entire creation is eagerly awaiting the day when the children of God will be revealed. Now, the children of God aren't some special race of people. The children of God are simply the children of men and women who now have faith in God. And so the question becomes, you take Timothy. Timothy, the creation is eagerly awaiting Timothy to be revealed as a child of God. But where did Timothy get his entrance into becoming the children of God? He got it from his mama. He got it from his family. And that's what I want us to understand. I want us to understand the high calling that we have as parents and particularly for moms today to understand why. Because leading your children to Jesus is hard, isn't it? Come on, moms. Is leading your children to Jesus hard? It's frustrating. It's frustrating. And and here's why I want us to to understand this. And ladies, you'll understand this is why you're on the stage with me today. Look at how Paul describes it next. He says, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory into the freedom and glory of the children of God. What he's saying there is creation is looking forward to the same freedom that the children of God are going to enjoy. And then he uses this analogy, verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Now, I'm not a mom. I went through the experience of Lindsay giving birth to Jackson, and it was an incredibly and painful experience emotionally for me, but not physically, right? I mean, come on, ladies. I know not, I know not all moms have given birth physically to children because sometimes we've got one biological kid, we've got one adoptive kid, but I think at least there's a unique understanding from women to understand how painful it is to give birth. And I have been told, and again, ladies, you could attest to this. I have been told that at the end of it, you forget the pain. I don't know if I believe that or not. All right. But here's what I want us to understand. The reason why it is so painful in this process to reproduce faith in our kids, to pass on faith in our kids is because we're forming them. And Paul uses this analogy of birth pains and giving birth to something to describe what's going on in our world, to describe what's going on. And it's a perfect analogy because there's so much frustration in the formation process. In fact, that's my point for today. You might want to write it down if you're taking notes. There is no formation 
without frustration. There is no formation without frustration. Paul says it in Romans chapter 8. He said the creation was subjected to frustration. Now, this is an important point. Not by its own choice. You want to know why it's so hard to be a parent? Why it's so hard to be a mother? Is because in that formation process, there's so much frustration. There is so much frustration. I remember when Lindsay was pregnant with our first child. And there would be so many days where she was so tired and so worn out. And I would say to her, Lindsay, the reason why you're so tired today is because your body was literally producing a brain. Like your body was making something that <laughs> is the most complex thing on the planet. Like it's producing a brain at that point in time. And then as her pregnancy progressed, uh, there was a time where, because Jackson was such a big dude. Sorry about that, Lindsay. Um, that literally he started sitting on her sciatic nerve. And so it was so painful for her, it was hard for her to walk. So we've joked and said that Jackson's been on Lindsay's nerves from day one, all right? But the whole formation process of, of Jackson being formed in Lindsay's womb was frustrating. It was so frustrating. And here's what I want us to understand as parents, and again, particularly as moms. The reason why it's so frustrating is because you're forming, you're forming something. Something is happening. So the point of the frustration is the formation. But here's what's key. The reason why most of us give up on our own formation, our own transformation, or we give up on others and helping them in their formation is because it is so frustrating. It's so hard. And none of us choose it. In fact, the reason why I lack growth in my life, the reason why you might lack growth in your life is you're simply not willing to go through the frustration that's required in order for the formation to happen. And that's what he says here in Romans. He says, even the creation itself didn't choose this. And here's why we understand with formation. A lot of times, if we want to be free, God has to force it upon us. God has to force it. He has to put us into circumstances that we would not have chose for ourselves in order for formation to happen. In fact, that's what I think this season is. This is a season in our life where certain things have been forced upon us. And it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating because we can't go where we want to go. We can't do the things that we want to do. But if we're not careful, if we just look at how frustration how frustrating it is, then we could miss that we can actually become better people through this. We can actually be transformed into new people if we'll embrace the frustration of the season. And that's what I want to encourage you moms particularly with. You got to learn to embrace the frustrations, right? I mean, you got to learn to embrace. It is frustrating, but I want you to understand what you're doing is such a high calling. Now flip over with me quickly to, to Galatians chapter 4. Let me put this in, in context because Romans chapter 8 isn't specifically talking about mothering or you know, the process of forming someone into the image of Christ, but Galatians chapter 4 is. So in Galatians chapter 4, Paul speaks, and now again, as far as we know, Paul wasn't a parent, but Paul planted a lot of churches, he had a lot of disciples, and he spoke to them as though he, they were his own children. So in Galatians chapter 4, I love how he frames this. We're going to just look at verses 16 through 20. Paul says in verse 16, Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? 
They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I am present with you, verse 19, here's the key verse. My little children, which is a term of endearment, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth. That's the connection to Romans 8. Until Christ is formed in you. I'm in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone for I am perplexed about you. Now, moms, let me ask you a question. Is there a phrase that better sums up being a mom? I'm perplexed about you, (laughs) right? I mean, there's so many times in your life. Again, I know I'm not a mom, but as a father, I look at my kids and I'm like, I'm perplexed. I don't understand what is going on with you. And part of it is I forgot what it was like to be a teenager and how confusing that was. But I love how Paul says it here. He goes, listen, I'm perplexed. And and I love how he frames it at the beginning. He says, have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? See, this is what I think moms particularly is so important for us to understand. When it comes to the high calling of forming our kids into the image of Christ, that can't happen without truth. And this is what so many parents, I think, today forget. In fact, let me say it to you like this. You can't be a good parent until you're willing to be an enemy. Come on. Is that good? You can't be a good parent until you're willing to be an enemy. So often I see parents, again, I've been in ministry for a long time, did student ministry for a long time. I see parents as a goal to being their kids' friends, not their kids' mamas and their kids' dads. Now, let me understand. I want you to understand something. I want to parent in such a way now that when my kids leave, we are friends. I do want to parent in such a way now to when my kids leave my house and they are going to leave my house. That's the goal, right? I do want to be friends with them. However, until that point in time, I have to understand. We all have to understand that my primary purpose is not to be their friend. My primary purpose is to be their parent. And in order to be their parent, sometimes I must be willing to be treated as their enemy. Now, kids, if you're watching today, listen to me. Your parents, I would say, majority of the time, healthy, well-adjusted individuals, all right? There's always people out there that would, you know, go against what I'm saying here. But for the majority of parents, particularly that want to follow Jesus, their goal is not to be your enemy. They're not seeking to be your enemy. They're not seeking to ruin your life. They're not seeking to ruin your fun. But they have a higher purpose, and that purpose is Christ to be formed in you. And so they're willing to be your enemy by telling you the truth. Because they know that the greatest thing that can happen in your life is for you to align yourself with truth. To align yourself with truth. So again, moms particularly, parents in general, I want you to understand. I love how Paul frames this. You got to be willing to be an enemy sometimes. You got to be willing to be looked at and be hated sometimes. I mean, I remember as a kid, there were so many times where my mama, uh, you know, my dad would be gone a lot. And my mom, she had this wooden spoon. She would sprinkle my hand. I hated it. In fact, several times I broke the spoon and hit it because I just didn't like it. And I would get in trouble for something. And my brother and sister would always say it was my fault. And it wasn't. It was always their fault. That's why I would blame them for it. And there would be so many times I would get in trouble and I would walk outside and I would say those dreaded words that I should never say. Like, I hate you. Because in that point in time, I didn't like the fact that they were telling me the truth. But now that I'm a parent, 
I can look back on that and I'm so grateful that in those moments, they decided not to be my friend. They decided to be my parent. In fact, I'll never forget when my son was born and I started going through the formation process with him. I called my mama and I apologized. I said, mama, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all those times I gave you a hard time because now I know how hard it is. And so I want us to think about this again, moms, dads, everybody. The highest calling you have is passing on faith to the next generation. And how do you do that? You do that by embracing the frustrations. You do that because it's frustrating. Again, there's going to be times in your life where you speak the truth and you look at them and you are perplexed. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand what you're going through. I don't understand what you're dealing with right now. But you stay true to what the Bible says. You stay true and you're saying, listen, you're not going to understand me right now. And you don't have to understand me right now. But I'm not your enemy just by telling you the truth. The second thing in this process of frustration when we're forming is we have to also, with truth, be gracious. I love how Paul explains this. First, he says, am I your enemy by telling you the truth? Then he explains to the Galatians at the time because the Galatians were having peer pressure from the outside and they were being led away from the truth of the gospel. So they were being influenced by their culture around them. And I love how Paul says to them graciously, he says, listen, I'm not your enemy by telling you the truth. The ones who are making much of you, when they're making much of you, they don't actually love you. They're making much of you because they want you to make much of them. I mean, that line right there, does that not explain middle school and high school? Does that line right there not explain what it was like to be a teenager? And and it's our job as parents to help our kids understand, hey, there's a lot of people that are going to try to make much of you, but they want something else from you. They're making much of you because they want you to make much of them. And so along with truth, again, we don't compromise truth, but as parents, we have to come alongside and be gracious and help explain to our kids why we're saying what we're saying. Again, one of the most frustrating things when I was a kid is when my dad would say something. And I would say, why, dad? He said, come on, because I said so. Because I said so. Now, my dad's a big dude, and he said so. I didn't argue. But a lot of times, what would happen is then my mom would come alongside, and she would explain to me. She would help me understand why my father said so. And so I would get truth from my father, but I would, a lot of times I would get grace from my mother. And it was that process of my mom helping me understand why this was the right decision, why I shouldn't do this, why I shouldn't do that, is what helped formed me into the person that I am. But I want you to understand something again. I love how Paul says it. He says, I'm in anguish again. Listen, when you gave birth to your child, for those of you that have given birth physically, and even those of you that have adopted or fostered, it's still a birthing process. We used to joke, the joke in adoption world is you're just pregnant with paperwork. So there's still a lot of things that you go through in that anguish of your child being born, whether you did it or their birth parents did it. But here's what we have to understand. The anguish of that is something we go through again and again and again and again, and again, come on somebody, and again, right, and again, and again. 
because there's no formation without frustration. And I love how Paul said that. He says, I'm in anguish again until Christ is formed in you. So again, I want to encourage you moms. I want you to just be real today for you to understand there's going to be frustrations in the formation process. But what you're doing is so important that literally the creation is eagerly awaiting to see it. The creation is eagerly longing to see one day the fruit of your frustration, your frustration in formation until Christ is formed in them. And this is what I want to encourage you with. Go back to Romans chapter eight. We're going to wrap this up in Romans chapter eight, verse 23 through 25. Paul says it like this. He says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons. This is what I was talking about earlier, the difference between the word sons and children. This is now back in the ESV, the redemption of our bodies. One of the best ways to help us as parents be gracious with our friends or with our friends, listen to me, with our friends too, but with our kids is to understand we're also a formation in process. That we are also eagerly awaiting our own redemption. And so that gives us grace to help us understand that our kids are in process too. We're not perfect. And that's important for our kids to understand that there is no perfect mom. There is no perfect dad. There is no perfect parent. We all are in process. But I want to leave you with this encouragement. Look at verse 24 and 25. For in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The other thing that is necessary, and I love Henry Cloud, one of my favorite Christian psychologists, says there's three ingredients to growth. Two I've already mentioned. One is truth. One is grace. The third one, he says, is time. Is time. So what parenting is, is simply this, giving truth, giving grace over time, giving grace, giving truth over time. Because in that formation process, what you need to understand is you are literally having to help the Holy Spirit rewire the patterns in your kids' brains. Because that's the problem, right? Even, and don't, Misunderstand, even when you trust Christ, you get a new heart, but you need new habits. You get a new nature, but you need a new normal, right? And so the problem is the world around your kids all the time are trying to conform them into the patterns that the world has. And so the world is trying to conform. This is what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word there, transformed, the word formed in Galatians chapter 4 is the Greek word morpho, where we would say metamorphosis. And so you're literally, through grace and truth, helping transform, metamorphosis, change your kids. And trusting Christ is a part of that. But then you're also, over time, right, helping them learn new patterns. Because the problem is the pattern, right? We talked about that earlier this year in Abide. The problem is the pattern. But in the good way, power's in the pattern. And so if you consistently give grace and truth patterned over time, now you can continue to remain hopeful. 
And that's what I want you to understand. And here's the key difference, man. Hope is not a strategy. That's where a lot of parents get this wrong. They're just hoping for their kids to turn out well. No, no. You have to hope and also do the frustrating work, right? You have to hope, but do the frustrating work. But here's what I want to encourage you and leave you with. Do the frustrating work and never lose hope. Do the frustrating work. Continue to try to you know, build new patterns to join the Holy Spirit in the formation process. Again, anguish, frustration, but never lose hope. I love how Paul says, wait for it. Wait for it. Now, the way we wait as Christians is we don't just sit around twiddling our thumbs. We pray, and then we move in the power of the Holy Spirit. But there may be some of you today as moms where you've got children that are walking away from the Lord. Or you've got children in your home right now that you might be sure is the spawn of Satan, right? I mean, sometimes we feel like that. And sometimes we feel like, man, am I messing them up? I know Lindsay and I joke, my, my goal as a parent is to parent my kids in such a way where they need less counseling in the future. I know they're still going to need it because I'm not perfect, but I want them to need it less. And so I can recognize I can embrace the frustrations as a parent while at the same time never losing hope. While at the same time remaining hopeful that I will see it, even though I may not see it now. I can wait for it. I can wait for it. And that's what I want to encourage us with today. Again, particularly moms, because it's so easy to beat yourselves up over what you're not doing or what you see other moms doing. You can embrace the frustration and understand that the thing that you're forming is literally what all creation is looking forward to. Like I used to remind Lindsay when she was pregnant with Jackson, you are literally involved in the greatest process that's ever existed on the planet. The bringing forth the birth of a person. Well, how much greater is it also bringing forth the rebirth of a person? bringing forth faith in a person. See, there's not, there's not much press that Eunice and Lois get, right? Not much press that Timothy's mom and grandmother get. But don't you know that when they got to heaven, they got a lot of praise. There's a glory now in heaven because of the frustration they were willing to go through for Timothy to be formed into the image of Christ. So I want to encourage you, moms. You're doing the greatest work on the planet. There's nothing greater. It is frustrating. And there's going to be times where you feel like an enemy to your kids. But you remain faithful. You keep plotting through it. You keep giving truth. You keep giving grace over time. And you keep hoping. Paul says that's the hope in which we are saved. So you may not see it now. But we believe in the power of the seed of the gospel. Even though you might not see it. That one day, if they're not already saved, they will be saved. Because of your faith and your prayers and being faithful. Again, Timothy is an example. I'm an example. So mom, thank you. Thank you for who you are. For the faith that you have. And maybe you're here today and you don't have that faith. 
Maybe your mom didn't pass that down to you or your father didn't pass that down to you. Again, I don't know all your stories, but what I know today is you can write a new story today. You can start today to pass down a faith that God can work in you. And whether you're a mom or not a mom, whoever you are today, God can start a new story in you today. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Thank you for a guy named Timothy whose faith was passed down to him from his mom, which came from his grandmother. Two people that got one sentence, two sentences in the Bible, but led to thousands, millions, maybe hundreds of millions of other people coming to faith because of who they raised. So thank you for the moms out there who faithfully plotting away every day in the frustration of grace and truth. I pray that you would honor them and bless them. And I pray if there are kids that have turned from you, that are not walking with you, I pray through the faithful prayers of their mothers, you would bring them back. But God, there may be people today that are not just walking away as kids, but maybe they are the parent or they are the one that's responsible for passing down the faith to others, but they haven't got it themselves. God, I pray that you would create faith in them today so that from today forward, they can start a new legacy. That one day someone might write about them because of the faith that they had that then they passed down to someone else. No one looking around or talking here as we close as always, but if you've never had a moment in time where you've trusted Christ, where faith dwelt in you, here's the thing, you can't give what you don't have. You can't give somebody else a faith if you yourself don't have it. So maybe today that's your day. Maybe today is the day that you become the mother or the father or the person that has faith dwelling in them so that then you can pass it on to the next generation. So if that's you, I'm just going to lead you in a time of prayer where you can confess and trust in Christ as your Savior. So right there where you are, you can pray with me. You don't have to do it out loud. You can, you can if you want. It goes like this. Say, Father, thank you for loving me that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place for my sin. Today, I place my faith in him and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I'm trusting in Christ alone to save me. Now, if you trusted Christ today, we wanna know about it. We wanna celebrate with you. And then for those who have trusted Christ already, again, particularly for those of you that are moms today, and you might be so frustrated. You might be so frustrated because all you feel like is an enemy all the time. I wanna encourage you, stay faithful. Stay faithful and you keep every day giving truth and giving grace. Don't compromise on the truth, but be liberal with the grace. Say what the truth is and then come alongside and say why. And you trust Christ over time. And you continue to hope in the power of 
the Holy Spirit to open their eyes. But you are literally partnering with God in the formation of your kids into the image of Christ, which is the greatest work on the planet. One that one day the entire creation will look at and say, glory. And I know we're in a frustrating season, but all of us, whether you're a parent or not, I want you to embrace the frustration. Embrace the frustration of this season and realize that you didn't choose it. It was chosen for you but it was chosen for you precisely because you would have never chosen it. You would have never chosen the frustration. But because it came, you can now allow the frustration to lead to formation in your life. You can allow it. You can join God in it. Because I promise you, the worst thing is not this crisis. Like I said at the beginning of this, it's coming out of this crisis, not changed not formed into the image of God. So I want to encourage you today, embrace the frustration, embrace the grace and truth. Maybe there's, maybe you're the kid and your mom, you felt like has been your enemy by telling you the truth. And maybe today you can go back and say, I'm sorry. Maybe it was your friend that was telling you the truth and you say, I need to embrace the frustrations. You were right. I need to change. Whatever it is, I pray today that you would respond. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you gave us your word to encourage us in these seasons. And thank you for moms and for the gift that they are and that they are from you. We thank God for them in Jesus' name. Amen.